This is a True Foundations podcast. Real time, real life, real answers. See, what happens with relativism is culture supersedes and changes truth. True Foundations is a ministry that seeks to explain and apply biblical teaching to real life in today's ever-changing world. With a view towards building a stronger church, the teachings are focused on making Scripture work for people by encouraging them to allow the words of Jesus to change them from within. We're in Galatians. We're near the end of this letter. So we're in Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse 6, a couple of verses here. The one who is taught the message must share his goods with the teacher. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap corruption from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So we must not get tired of doing good. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, we must work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. I think this is a good section to think about this morning. I do think about things ahead often, but I don't always uh, tie things in, in terms of I've got to speak that one on that day because, but I think this works very well. Uh, And keep that in mind as we gather together this evening. There is a very, very important message in this that follows through from the things that we've been looking at. Now let's just deal with the first sentence. You know, because I, a lot of guys that that preach, they don't like to talk about things like this because it looks self-interested. I, do you know that we live in a different day? Things are very, very different in our kind of culture than they were in that time. Uh, and we do things differently, but some of the things that we do differently, we do not do well. Uh, The culture presses in on us. Uh, It is a driven culture. Uh, It is a self-interested culture. And there is not a great sense of community in the culture of the day that we live in. Things have changed vastly in the areas of understanding things like economy, where money fits into society. Uh, And and governments increasingly, I think, have gone way, way past their God-given role in the area of the way that they interfere in economics and financial affairs to such an extent that uh, even if somebody does well, uh, they are so accountable uh, to the government uh, that freedom is, is often put to one side because it's, even though it's a self-interested uh, concept that people have today, 
it seems increasingly governments have far too much to say, and that's a problem in itself. But we are a people of God, uh, and there are things that we have to do uh, that we have no choice unless we want to uh, go against the law. Uh, we have to do it in certain ways. But on the other hand, should we not be the people of God first? Uh, and should we not have a biblically formed culture and a biblically formed expectation of the way that we live, the way that we deal with money, uh, the way that we deal with our relationships, uh, the way that we care one for another. And I think that ought to take priority. Now, I kind of wish that I was a bit more like Paul because Paul did not totally rely uh, upon the congregations where he ministered for his income. He didn't. He had his own means of providing for himself. I wish I was like that. I really do. But I'm not. So that's it. I, I just want to say that because you need to understand where I come from. Uh, and one of the great difficulties uh, in, in the way that church has developed over the centuries, I developed quite early on actually in the church's history, was a change in the way that people saw things and understood things. And it was not very long before the whole issue of those who led and those who taught, and let's, let's just uh, presume that they did it well, because if they didn't, that's a whole different issue. It became professionalized. And when it became professionalized, something was lost. Now the standard uh, should match any professional standard. Of course it should. But when it became professionalized, there was a whole different way of viewing things. Because then what happened uh, was a career path. Uh, on the one hand, and on the other hand, something else happened, is that those who were gifted by God to teach, to preach, to lead, and do the things that Christ had given them to do in the church, they became employees. And that is not right. Because something radically has shifted in that, and it makes the church subject to the culture of society. And that is wrong. And fine, uh, if, if leaders receive income from a church, uh, they should pay tax like everybody else, and so you give account for that, and that's proper. Of course it is. But the problem is, it is not just a change in the way things are done. It has actually shifted the culture of the church at large. And in doing so, it has brought it under the culture of the world instead of the church standing strong and following God's way. We must follow God's way, whatever the world says and whatever the world does. And this is a part 
of the whole subject that Paul is explaining to us. He wants God's people to do well. He wants God's people to follow God's way and God's way alone. Uh, And he wants also uh, to get deeply within the consciousness of people this idea of pursuing the goal which he talks about elsewhere. Uh, The idea of being persistent and consistent. The idea of doing well doing good excellence in all things for the sake of the body of Christ. Uh, He wants the church to be like that. And he wants people to understand that in leading the Christian life, both singularly and corporately as God's people together, that as the path is pursued, that we must pursue it right to the end. That we do not give up along the way. Because the principle is you reap what you sow. And if you give up along the way, what will you sow? What will you reap? Because you have not cultivated what has been sown. And it will not accomplish the harvest that God desires for his people. And he wants to remind us that these things are of the spirit, not the flesh. It's another way, another slant on saying that don't get embroiled in the culture, uh, the, the ways of the world, but submit yourself to God's ways. Do it God's way. I do it because God gives you everything that you need in order to accomplish the goal. Be full of his spirit. Walk with the spirit. See with the eyes of the spirit. And go for the very best for the sake of God's kingdom. This is what he's talking about here. And if God's people allow themselves to come under the self-determined culture uh, that is so rampant today, Uh, if God's people do not fulfill their responsibilities, and that's not just about money at all, it's everything in terms of relationship, uh, one with another. If God's uh, people hand that off to somebody else to do, then they will reap what they sow. And you know, God is always looking to pour out a harvest on his people. He's always looking for opportunity to recognize faithful servants. And we know that when God sees a faithful servant, in due time, because it has to come to fruition, there has to be a a point when that is fulfilled and recognized, God is always willing to give more. That's seen in the parables, isn't it? Those who are faithful, the faithful servants that did well, the master gave more in abundance to those who lived in that particular way. We must not get tired in well-doing. 
You see, I, I know we've got a good bunch of folks here who have served the Lord for many, many years. And we've got young people coming up whose desire is to serve the Lord. And they have done well with that. And they continue on. But you know, sometimes when you, when you think about it and you, and you look at uh, where we are at, you think, well, why are we not seeing the more? We, we have labored. We have been there. We desire to see more. And yet, where is it? And when you're in that frame of mind and the question and the questions are fine, it is not difficult just to lose sight of the fullness of the grace and goodness of God and what God desires for his people to have. And you can start feeling a little bit weary. And when you start feeling a bit weary and so there you are, you're tired. And so you bow your head a little and you'd rather sit down and you'd rather have a rest and your attention goes elsewhere it's easily done but we must not be like that we must lift our eyes up to the heavens we must open our eyes to see God afresh we must encourage ourselves in not only what God has done but what he has said he will do we must look forward and we must take hold we must not drift we must not coast we talked about that last week we must take hold and in our seeking of God we must ask him for what we need because yes of course you get tired and of course at times you look and maybe you feel a bit disappointed and think it should be more than this by now and perhaps it should and so we look to him and we remind ourselves of his goodness and we must decide that even though sometimes life brings tiredness to you of course it does when you're grieving you feel tired if you've had some kind of uh, serious illness uh, you feel tired if, if somehow uh, things are difficult in your life for lots and lots of different reasons and it comes to you maybe it's in your family yeah, yeah you feel tired but it's then you go to the Lord that your strength might be renewed and that your joy might be filled up again. At that, instead of being in the place of, well, things have been a bit tough. I, I'm tired of doing all this stuff. I'm not giving up, but somehow uh, the faith that you had uh, which 
Utah could move mountains. Now you're tripping over a molehill. And then you look back to God. And you see his goodness. You see the things that he has said. And so your faith begins to rise again. And you begin to move more and more in the grace of God. And you recognize and perhaps remember that when you have learned how to walk in step with the Spirit, the grace of God is always there when you need it. He never holds back on his grace to those children who are for him. Now I know we're looking at grace busters and there are reasons why God does withhold grace. But I'm not talking about those reasons. I'm talking about God's people who really, in their hearts, I desire the good things and wish to take hold. Let's stimulate ourselves again. Let us think again of the goodness of God. It never harms, you know, to think back a little bit and say, well, actually, God did that then. And that was remarkable. And yet so easily that fades into the distance. And it does not form the way we think. But let's call upon God to to reactivate our remembrance of every good thing that God has done in our lives and even in this congregation here. And then let's look to him and say, Lord, We thank you for that. But by your grace, we look for more. By your grace, as you enable us, as you give us that power, we will pursue right to the very end. We will not give up. But we will seek every opportunity to work for the good of all. That means God's people recognizing that there is a call upon us not just to be about me, us but to be about the whole body that's part of the call of the gospel it's not like the culture but we must reject the culture and we must pay attention especially to God's people. How can we do good to the world until firstly we have demonstrated the power of the good within the household of God? That's really the message of it. Of course we must do good wherever we go, do the very best for the sake of the society that we are in. Whatever that means, the things that we say, Uh, the way that we behave, uh, the way we do our work, the way we interact, all of those things, of course. And show a kindness where you can. But how can we do that well until, first of all, we have done well for the sake of the house of God? Because that's what we are. We are God's house, his dwelling place. He is with us. Uh, He comes to us. He makes himself known. But do we take it for granted? I think sometimes the answer to that is yes. 
And so we must stir up that which is within us for the sake of the name of Jesus and for the sake of the prosperity. That's the wholesomeness. That is the place where God does not hold back upon what he gives in his goodness to his children. We must stir it up and we must determine that as we take every opportunity that we will not grow weary, that we will never settle, but we will always have our eyes for the reaping at the proper time. And it's not just that kind of believism that thinks, well, uh, by this time next year, then we will have doubled the congregation and then we have to do something about a building and all that kind of stuff. It's not like that. But who knows what God would do when we set our eyes upon good things for the sake of the gospel. When Christ is always at the center when we value our fellow Christians, when we seek opportunity to do good as we see it, as the Holy Spirit prompts us, and we do not hold back in any area, then what can God do with that? You know, under the old covenant, way back in Israel's history, before they entered the land of Canaan, and that whole story, uh, the history of Israel and what they did and how they dealt with uh, going into Canaan uh, is a lesson to us. We are not in the same covenant. We do not have the same things to look to, but we do have principles that we learn from. And there is no doubt about it. That God told Israel that if they did well, and they honored the covenant, and they followed him wholeheartedly, and they did not let the culture that surrounded them uh, impact the way that they thought and the, the way that they lived. If they could separate from that and be wholehearted to him, he even promised them better crops. Now that's interesting, isn't it? He did. I, they failed to take hold. Now, we are the church of God in a new covenant. And we have a kingdom to take, which is pushing back the darkness of this world so that the light and the power of the gospel can be spread abroad and people rescued from fallen society coming into the fullness of the freedom of Christ. And if we are willing to make sure that we do not let the standards, the mindset, the belief systems of the fallen world infiltrate us and direct the way we think and what we do. If we will be strong enough to stand against that, then I believe that God would bless us enormously in remarkable ways, perhaps ways that we have not ever yet seen. Some of us have had a taste of it. But it's only a taste. The trouble is the taste goes. 
and then you get used to normality again. Well, what has normality ever done for anybody? Let us seek God with all our hearts. Uh, let us not grow weary. Let us refresh our minds in the things of God. And let us, in the way that we seek him, not put boundaries upon our expectations, but let God by his spirit teach our thoughts. So that as we seek good things for the sake of the honor of his name and the good of the household of the Lord, let us surrender our thinking to him and let us see our faith rise up in order that we might take hold and suffer no lack for the sake of God's marvelous kingdom. Amen. Thank you for joining us. True Foundations is headed by David J. Jones, a preacher and teacher of the Word of God. His passion is to help individual Christians discover their true identity in Christ and to learn how grace operates in their lives. Currently residing in Canada, he is taught in both North America and the UK and has listeners all over the world. If you have questions about anything you've heard today, please email us at info at truefoundations.ca. Or for more information on True Foundations resources, please visit our website at truefoundations.ca.